All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And Vaughn, I have a feeling as soon as we're finished talking to you, what a lot of people are going to be doing. Yes, they're going to be checking their property assessment. The BC Assessment Authority began posting the latest assessments for property on the weekend. I think Saturday, BC Assessment website. You can go and click there, enter your address, and find out what your assessment is. As of today, they'll also be posting comparative data, uh, what it was last year, how much the increases are in your region. So uh, it's all part of the annual kind of what's going to happen to my property taxes. Although, as mayors and councillors quickly point out, just because your assessment went up doesn't necessarily mean your property taxes are going to go up that much. It might be more, it might be less. It depends in part on what the council's done about the local budget and your mill rate. So all of that is relevant, uh, but it is the day when people can start looking it up and you'll find out. In my case, uh, well, we've been told, Simi, the jump won't be as great as last year. Last year it averaged 12%, which was a lot. Uh, told that the market has cooled, uh, prices have cooled, and uh, it'll be probably less than 2%. In my case, it was one5 uh, percent, which is certainly less uh, alarming or reassuring, depending on your economic outlook, than last year. Okay, so yeah, that, like how does it work? I think a lot of people don't realize that just because it goes up one year, it actually takes like a three-year average, I think, in most cases, right? Yeah, and they look at comparable properties in your neighborhood, and and one of the things that people do is, you know, you have the right to appeal. Most people accept their assessment, but some people appeal because they go... Uh, you based all this on one outlier in my neighborhood, right? And, it, and it, it isn't fair and it isn't reasonable. And people win these appeals sometimes. They go to the assessment authority. You don't need a lawyer. You can do it yourself. And you can argue that the jump in your assessment is unfair. Uh, it does work. You can do that. Um, the other thing that happens and usually happens within a day or two of the day they post the assessment, Simi, is what's going to happen with the homeowner grant. Uh, usually, the provincial government announces the grant will increase in lockstep with whatever the average provincial increase in assessments was. And that is because the way the homeowner grant works, the government keeps it at a level where most people get it. 92% of homeowners get it. The New Democrats have followed that. That's been the practice in BC since WAC Bennett invented the grant. In 1957, the New Democrats have uh, been under pressure to stop giving the homeowner grant to people who don't need it, who have you know, very valuable properties. The, the qualifying threshold is broke $2 million last year. So, you know, the critics have a point, but Simi, I don't think the government's going to change the threshold in an election year. So I think we'll probably hear fairly soon, maybe even later today, that the grant will be increasing again or the qualifying, the qualifying threshold for the grant. The grant doesn't change. It's $570. And Simi, <clears throat> another misunderstanding is it's not an actual grant. You don't get $570 from the provincial government in the form of a grant. What they do is deduct that much from your property taxes. It's a paper transaction, 
an ingenious one invented by W.A.C. Bennett because people, you know, it's sort of, you sort of feel like you're getting something. Yeah, that's you're so true. Relief from your, yeah, you're getting relief from your property taxes, but you're not actually getting cash in the bank. Huh. Okay. That's what people have to keep in mind. A lot of them, though, with these prices, Vaughn, like I feel like for the homeowner's grant is, a, is in the rearview mirror for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Um, and I think, you know, it, the, the, the calculation, as I said, is of, of your assessment is based on what's happening in your neighborhood, which it should. Right. The, the size of your own property. So if you have an unusually large property or an unusually large house, it's going to vary. Uh, but the other thing is, it's as of July of last year. And the way the real estate market moves in British Columbia, one of the things that's, as you say, your rearview mirror aspect is <clears throat> this is where things stood last July. Exactly. Real estate market has been bouncing around in B.C., uh, that's not necessarily where things are going to stand that you're going to feel they stand in the moment. And we're entering into a period, I would say, of <clears throat> really it's questionable what is actually going to happen to property values. So one of the things that drives it is the market. But the other thing that drives assessments is a thing called highest and best use. So a single family home that is in a single family neighborhood and has been there for years is assessed compared to other single family homes in that neighborhood. But the province has just essentially abandoned the concept of single family neighborhoods. They've said that single family uh, zoning is void and that municipalities have to approve uh, multiple units on single-family lots, up to six units, depending on the size of the lot. And they've also said that if your single-family home is near a transit station or a bus loop, uh, the, the local government can approve 20-story condo towers in that area. So when all of this went through the legislature in the fall, the opposition was saying, what's this going to do to the concept of highest best use? And the New Democrats insisted, oh, no, 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 we've, we've done our analysis and uh, there are other factors and it isn't going to mean that you're suddenly your single family home is going to be worth a six uh, unit multiplex. Well, the government's own economic analysis, which we got after the legislation passed, Simi, it suggests there will be an impact on assessed values. Of course there will be properties in your neighborhood, even if you just sit in your single family home and watch what happens, uh, your neighbor across the street might decide to tear his place down and uh, build four units. Well, that's going to create an assessed value yeah. in your neighborhood that's going to work its way through. So this won't necessarily happen overnight, but I think we're into a period of fluctuating assessments that will affect the housing market it will affect the value of your home if you own your own place. You go, well, the value is not going to go down and it might well go up. Oh, something, something else for us to watch out for, too. All right, we're back talking with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And, you know, I've been wondering about this, Vaughn. I mean, we haven't talked about it in a while, but what is going on with the Royal BC Museum? Well, uh, they're in the middle of a dialogue with British Columbia over the future of the museum. It's not a rush job. The, the dialogue began 
uh, after uh, last year, after the John Horgan government abandoned its plan for a $1 billion makeover of the museum and kind of began reversing direction and the reversing of direction continued in the the year just passed as well. Um, But there's a dialogue going on. So if you went to the Royal BC Museum before Christmas, you found there were little kiosks in the entranceway and a questionnaire and they were asking you uh, important questions like, Uh, How should the museum connect to the rest of British Columbia better? And should we really go ahead and replace this seismically unsafe building? And how do we uh, reconcile with indigenous people and so forth? The kiosks uh, give way to community dialogues starting this month and continuing through communities in British Columbia, uh, 32 public meetings, I think, plus online. And at the end of it, Simi, there will be a report to British Columbians about what British Columbians said about the future of the museum. Uh, That uh, is due later this year, although I think given how controversial this exercise has been in the past, Simi, uh, the New Democrats would be very happy if nothing much came forward before the election, because the last thing they want to do is to reopen an issue which was one of the big debacles of the John Horgan time in office. Horgan, to his credit, put a stop to it, but for about a month, it was a subject of furious controversy. Okay, so we've gone from having this brand new museum, a very expensive brand new museum being built, to slow walking any kind of discussion, even about what is happening with the museum. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plan was notorious. It was a billion dollars and they were going to close the museum, which is one of the main attractions in Victoria. They were going to close it for eight years. Uh, And and neither part of that Uh, washed. And Horgan, yeah, it's interesting. Horgan announced it and a month later he killed it. And a month after that, he announced he was stepping down as premier. And I think it's one of the things that he lost control of in his last few months as premier because he was dealing with health issues and he was thinking about retirement. And really, uh, as I said, it's the sort of thing that a more stubborn government would have stuck with. Horgan, to his credit, stopped it. But it left all the outstanding issues. One of them is that the building is sure. old and not all that safe seismically. And the second one is the view that... Uh, you know, the original idea was that it needed to be decolonized. That was the the language. And I think that was the language that generated the most controversy because the most one of the most popular exhibits in the museum, other than the mammoth, was Old Town. And uh, Old Town was closed. Two years ago, it had been closed, effective December 31st, and they were busy dismantling it already. They've, in addition to turning around on the billion-dollar makeover plan and the eight-year closure, they've also reopened Old Town. If you go there now, bunches of it, significant parts of it are still there, and they don't use the D word, decolonizing anymore. They are still determined to reconcile with Indigenous people, but not at the expense of everybody else's history. So I think that's why they're proceeding cautiously, much more cautiously. The word they've also yeah sorry go ahead I was gonna say you're right about the word right I think that decolonized word really got to people I don't understand why they felt necessary to use it they could have just said we're gonna modernize the museum and people went oh okay yeah sure modernize the museum 
And that's now the language they use and seismic upgrading. Of but, course. You know, the other thing is the basic, the, the basic key, in my view, to getting to the public on this is if you say we're going to add to the exhibits in the museum and add to the histories we tell, I think most people go, great, the more history, the better Absolutely. in the museum. Yes. should reflect our history. But it got captured by the, the language that basically we have to stamp something out here. We have to stamp out the colonial legacy. We have to get rid of all this evidence of, you know, what the European settlers did when they came here. And I think that was politically a mistake, but I think it also deeply offended the public who we were going, we're closing the museum for eight years and a billion dollars to wipe out a whole bunch of our history. Like they lost control of the message around that. And I think that's why they've had to embark much more cautiously on a new project. The new CEO, she's only an acting CEO, Tracy Drake, uh, says, you know, nothing is off the table, but the dialogue continues. As you will know, Simi, the previous CEO quit. Uh, Alicia Dubois, she said she quit because the plan she was hired to implement, the decolonizing one, was abandoned. So she quit. Can't blame her for that. Uh, she was hired uh, and took the job on good faith, thinking she was going to implement this big plan. The government backed away politically. And whatever they do this year in terms of public feedback, Simi, I don't think they will announce their plans for the future of the Royal BC Museum before election day, because whatever they do is still going to be expensive and it will probably still be controversial. That is very true. Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Simi. That is Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.